SMS SAFM now on 41391. Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Let's welcome uh, Associate Professor Arjun Amar, who's a professor at the Fitzpatrick Institute of African Orthonology. Thank you very much for joining us, uh, Professor Amar. Hi there. Professor Amar, it's uh, very exciting that uh, we as a continent are exploring renewable energy and wind energy is one of those beautiful things that we have done. I think uh, here in South Africa, we have uh, almost 23 fully operational wind farms. Um, Let's talk about these wind farms, the upside of them. Sorry, say that again. I'd like us. I'd like you to please take us through uh, the positive of uh, okay. the wind farms that are currently in South Africa. Sure. Okay. Well, absolutely. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. We've got to transition away from fossil fuels. Um, you know, we have an obligation to to reduce that if we're going to try and tackle um, global change and the global emergency that we find ourselves in. Um, so we we absolutely have to transition away from fossil fuels, and, and obviously, wind farm is one of the the most uh, developed renewables we have, um, together with solar power. And um, we, we have embraced it pretty well. Um, I mean, we are slightly behind the curve when it comes to uh, number, the amount of wind farms, we, uh, the energy we develop, uh, generate from wind farms. But we are embracing it, I think, as a country. And uh, the aim is to have, um, well, uh, what's that? seven times the amount of energy develop, uh, generated uh, by 2030 from wind that we currently have. Mm, but, you know, when I'm looking at uh, some of the texts that I'm receiving here from our A-teamers, uh, there's one who's just sent in something. This is Kat in Pittamaritzburg. And Kat says, you know, Patricia, this is an awesome topic uh, regarding wind farms. The constant sounds from the whirling of the blades of these massive machines have been known to cause severe depression in humans. And I think humans and animals alike um, could face some challenges around these uh, wind farms? Yeah, sure. I'll answer on, on whether these wind farms are affecting humans uh, negatively. Um, I personally um, don't don't find them offensive and I, I, quite, uh, I think they're, they're quite attractive personally, but that's a, a personal issue. The issue we have for birds is that um, some bird species, uh, these wind farms, these wind turbines are very dangerous for. So they can, and we know this from other wind farms around the world, they can have really bad negative impacts on particularly large soaring birds. So species like vultures and eagles. These birds are occurring in low densities and they have very high, naturally have a very high survival rate and a low reproductive output. So they don't produce many young per, per, over their lifetime and per year. Um, and they live for a long time. So if they get killed by a wind turbine, this additional mortality, um, this additional cause of death can actually cause the population to decline. And we've seen some really bad impacts at certain wind farms that have been placed in the wrong place, in places in America, for example, and in Norway, and also in Spain, uh, places that have been leading uh, and have quite a lot of wind farms in, in place. They've seen some wind farms cause some really, really bad uh, impacts on, on birds of prey. 
So what should we be uh, doing? Because we want the renewable energy. It's cleaner, it's safer, but we also don't want to damage um, the bird life. We don't want to disturb nature. Yeah, so I mean, basically what it's about is about putting wind turbines in, in the best places and making sure we don't put them in the worst places for some of these vulnerable species. And so that's what we've been trying to do um, for a number of species. But most recently, we've, we've uh, released uh, what we call VERA, which is the Vero's Eagle Risk Assessment. Um, and, and that is the collision risk model. So we put these devices, small tracking devices on 15 various eagles around um, South Africa. And this is a species that's been identified as being particularly vulnerable. Um, so various eagles are basically the, the African equivalent of the golden eagle, which is the species that occurs up in the Northern Hemisphere and North America. And that's a species we know is very badly impacted uh, by, by wind farms. And so uh, various eagles were identified as being a species very vulnerable to these, uh, to these wind turbines. So what we did is we put uh, these small uh, trackers on these birds and they're able to take GPS locations. So as the birds fly around and use their environment, they, they actually pinpoint it both um, uh, in, the, uh, um, in three dimensions, basically. So you can tell exactly where the eagle are, is and also how high, how high up it is. So we can work out where where birds would be vulnerable to colliding with these turbines. And so we built a predictive model that can actually tell you whereabouts of various eagles will use the environment and therefore where is a really risky place to place turbines and where is a place that's less risky and that these eagles uh, breeding pair, for example, would be less likely to use. So we're using technology basically to build up our understanding of very high risk areas so you shouldn't be putting wind turbines there. And then areas with a lower risk where wind turbines can be developed and pose less of a risk to these vulnerable species. And is there buy-in from um, energy companies and uh, our government when it comes to the research that you've put in and the infrastructure that you've put in to ensure that we are protecting the eagles? So wind farm developers have been pretty good and they have been embracing our work and that is because we can potentially save them money and time. So uh, normally what they do is they propose an area for uh, building a, a wind turbine uh, energy development and, and then they would go and look to see what vulnerable bird species there were. And if we found that there were various eagles nesting there, which is, which is quite often the case because these are relatively common species in sort of mountainous areas where these wind farms often develop, they would then have to spend quite a lot of time looking to see where these eagles go, uh, possibly spending time um, employing people to sit on the hilltops to find out where, they, where they're flying. And we can save them uh, sort of time and money by saying, well, we can predict that for you very accurately from the model we have. We can tell you where these birds will use. And so that, for us, our perspective, that's really good because we're getting good information to them and not delaying their development. And what we've also found is that for the, the same amount of area that they would have to exclude if they just drew a circle and said, and that's usually how they do it. So they say, there's an eagle nest there. Um, we're going to offer it by two or three kilometers and we're not going to develop any wind turbines in that area. What we can do is we can say, well, you, you can do that, but what we can show you is the actual specific areas where they will go and so we can actually free up up to 20% more land available for them to build their wind turbines in without 
putting an additional risk to the eagles. So that is like a win-win situation, both for eagle conservation and wind farm developers. So, so far, we've seen a lot of excitement from the wind farm industry and, 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 and help and support and, and buy-in that they want to use these models. We haven't seen that yet from government. Um, I do feel personally that these, this is a, these tools are super important, really. And from a government perspective, if they want to see a transition towards renewables, these kind of models can actually speed up that process. So we can build wind farm, uh, turb- wind, wind energy development um, quicker without, with less delays and ensure that they're in correct, safe places. Um, so if I was in charge, uh, if I was in the government, I would be chomping at the bit, quite frankly, uh, to get this work done. Um, whereas what we've been doing is so far, we've had uh, private investment and our, our own funding to, to get this work done so far. But hopefully, government will see the benefit of this and, and hopefully they'll start investing in, in, in some more of this research that we're trying to do. With regards to this uh, research, uh, uh, Professor Amar, the, the cost implications, is, is it not expensive for you as an institution to be um, you know, bearing all this cost? I know it's beneficial to the environment, beneficial to us as well, but is, is it not expensive? Would you not need more uh, buy-in from um, other parastatals, government and uh, corporate? Yeah, I, I have been really surprised, quite frankly, that, they, that they, there hasn't been more funding been put forward to this. But, you know, we are in early stages of this. So we've, we've built it for bearded vultures in uh, Lesotho and, uh, and, and KZN. And, and, we've done it, and we've just done it for various equals. So hopefully, and we're actually uh, in the process of doing it for Cape vultures, which is another really vulnerable species for these wind farms. Um, and so hopefully, what we will hopefully see now is that people will see the merit of these models and these, these, these tools and they will recognize how useful they are and will hopefully um, get it uh, get this for all the other vulnerable. So we have, a, we have what we call the big five. Uh, we have five species that we really want to do this for and we're kind of slowly picking them off with our, with our own resources, uh, working with other NGOs, BirdLife South Africa, Hawkwatch International from America, um, and other 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 people that are keen to, to to do these these bits and pieces, and we have some specific wind farm developers who are going over and above what they need to do just on their basic requirements, and they recognise the the value of this and their funding funding this work. Um, so hopefully, moving forward, um, government parastatals they will start. Um, coming to us hopefully and saying look we really really appreciate what you're doing <laughs> and we want to fund your work let's let's see if that happens that was, that's what my my hope is really we live in hope uh, uh, <laughs> professor we live in hope <laughs> um we are talking to professor amar who's an associate professor at a fitzpatrick institute of african orthonology and a team as we're looking at uh, wind farms and eagles in south africa please do join in on the conversation via whatsapp on 0614 I've got a WhatsApp here again from Kat, who's in PMB, who says, is the study ongoing through different seasons to monitor migratory birds as well and bats? That's a a good question. So um, the main species that we have that are vulnerable are are not migratory species for for wind farms. They're resident species. So uh, in in Spain, for example, the species that was most affected were were some of the vulture species and some uh, some of the specific locations that have been really bad have actually been on migratory pathways uh, for some of these vulture species. Um, for us, 
uh, we're talking mainly about resident species. Um, so, you know, things like uh, Vero's eagles, cape vultures, um, uh, bearded vultures, these aren't species that are specifically migratory. They stay, they stay put all year round. So they haven't, they, we, we, we haven't been focusing on migratory species here. Um, other places uh, around the world where you've got these migratory um, funnelings of, of birds where they all funnel into specific areas, these, these flyways, they call it, um, they are more of an issue and uh, they have to ensure that the migratory pathways are understood. Um, in terms of bats, again, not my not my area of expertise, but I do know that um, people are, it is a species, it is a group of, of, of animals that are uh, of also concern um, there's a strange phenomenon that goes on. I think it's called barometric pressure, whereby um, the, 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 when the turbine goes round um, close to the bat, it causes them a lot of problems because it changes the pressure, the air pressure. Um, so I know that they are vulnerable, but it's not an area uh, I, I work in, I'm afraid. I've got Jay on the line. Uh, good evening, Jay. How are you doing? Good evening to you and to our guests. I just walked in from a virtual study. I am so excited to hear about this uh, wind farming. And uh, yes, a couple of years back, I read this story about this wind farm. Yes, initially, it will definitely uh, will cost, but in the long run, it's going to be a huge benefit environmentally. I think you mentioned about something about the animals and the birds how disturbed and how are they going to be put out of uh, the environment. I think nature as as a way of getting them adjusted, they automatically will adjust to all these sounds and, and uh, things around them, and they will adapt. Uh, this is wonderful thing about nature and humans and creatures and even plants. So I think this wind farm is going to be a very wonderful thing, a win-win situation for a wind farm. Yeah, congratulations once more, and I hope it takes off very soon. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Jay. Uh, Professor Amar, Jay is, uh, you know, giving you congratulations already, and he, she's definitely saying this is something that will benefit us. Yeah, so she speaks now about the idea that uh, that the species can adapt, though, and 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 that unfortunately uh, it doesn't look like it's the case from uh, other wind farms around around the world. So um, it's a, a very interesting few studies that have been done looking at actually the visual uh, field of of raptors, specifically vultures, and what they found because because a lot of people, you know, when when these birds colliding, when they first put winter bones up and birds were colliding with them particularly birds of prey. You know, one of the things you first think about birds of prey is they've got fantastic eyesight. So you think of an eagle spotting a prey from miles away, and, and you know, it's quite a you know, famous thing that people associate birds of prey with fantastic eyesight. And they do have fantastic eyesight. So then people were very surprised they were colliding with these huge wind turbines. You know, where you think, why did they not see it? But one of the things that they found is that the visual field of um, eagles and particularly vultures is very much tailored to them looking down as they fly and scouring the ground for prey or carrion in the case of, of vultures. And so they don't really look ahead of them. And that's, if you think about it, kind of not that surprising because in their evolutionary past, um, there wasn't these huge 
100-meter-high uh, uh, um, things spinning around in front of them. So they didn't really need to be concerned about flying into something in front of them. They were just concerned about, you know, um, looking on the ground for their prey. And so we think that's one of the reasons why these species um, do, unfortunately, often collide with these turbines. It's not to say that they don't avoid them very often, but they do often get hit at the same time. Because if you think about it, if you put a wind turbine up in an eagle's territory, it can avoid that turbine 99 times out of 100, but it only takes that one time of it not avoiding it for it to actually get killed, and then you've wiped out that bird and pair. So it's, it's, a, it's an issue, and the idea that the species or uh, individuals in an area can adapt, to adapt a bit and avoid those turbines a bit, but uh, eventually they may well, if they're using those areas where the turbines are, they'll still get killed, unfortunately. And that's what our model actually aims to try and avoid. And I do hope that we'll have an update once there's a huge uptake uh, from government and uh, support from government uh, around the model that you have developed because it will definitely be to the benefit of nature, the eagles specifically, and for us humans because, as uh, Kat put it, that we, we don't also want the adverse effect on uh, depression on human beings because of the the noise that comes from these wind uh, turbines. Thank you so very much, Professor Amar, for joining us and uh, shedding light. Absolute pleasure.